Hello and welcome to Cinema Cemetery. I'm Kate. And I'm Dan. And today we are talking about It Happened One Night. One of the most incorrectly named films we've seen so far. Based on the math that we did. One night? No, no. But we'll talk about that later. This is actually (laughs) also the first uh, recording we've done right after watching the movie. We just saw it and we're talking about this straight. We'll see if that makes this any better or worse. I don't know. I, I personally prefer some time to decompress and think and look up some facts. So we're kind of coming in hot right now. Yes. Yes. So keep that in mind. All right. So it happened one night. We're in 1934. This is the seventh best picture, even though this is our eighth episode, our seventh best picture and first best picture. And this is the first of the next six. We have Clark Gable in the lead. Clark Gable is going to be the lead in three. For the next. He's going to be the lead in three of the next six. So this was kind of my first. I think I've seen it happen one night, but I don't think I watch it very closely. This was my first Clark Gable movie ever. And I didn't hate it. So I'm looking forward to the next movie. Yeah. I have to say, I've seen him before. And you know how sometimes you see someone in life or in a movie and then you kind of don't see them for a while and you get this stereotype in your head and then you see them again and it's totally like, ar- oh, totally that's wrong. Not what I, yes, actually, that yes. was not the case for him. Oh. Uh, he's exactly no. I mean, it was good. Like, like I had this played up version in my head and I saw him. I'm like, no, that's 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 exactly what Clark Gable's <laughs> like. He's he, he's almost like it, the writing he has working for him really helps. But he's almost this uh, you know perfect Oops. in every situation. Knows exactly uh, what to say. Uh, yeah. Super witty. Um, so it's just uh, yeah, it was good to see him back in form. Uh, so we're going to be seeing a lot of Clark Gable recently. But it happened one night. Speaking of some Oscar history, it happened one night. You're just jumping right in with the facts. Big deal. Grand Slam BFD. winner. BFD. Grand Slam winner. Not just the winner of Best Picture, but it also won the Grand Slam, meaning all five major Oscar awards. Kate, which, what are those? Which I, that I was just going to ask you. That well, what do you think? I, best Picture. Y- yes. Best actress. Yes. Best actor. There you go. Best directing. Yep. Best writing. That's it. He did it. Well, that's funny because apparently the script was bollocks when they got it. And like Clark Gable and Constance, what's her name? Is I it? don't know. She didn't get the part. No, 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 no. The person that got the part. Claudette? Claudette. Sorry, Claudette Colbert. They like apparently when they got the the script they got cast they complained so hard they had they had to get the script rewritten well i don't so know what happened but complained. it's a good thing they did because i as i was watching it this is one of the best scripts that we have seen so far it was clear why this i one. would agree story yeah. story wasn't anything crazy but just the dialogue uh scene to scene was excellent so just a brief overview it happened one night it's called it excellent. happened one night but it actually happens over like three, four nights. Three nights. Is it but three nights, four nights, several nights? Calling it, it happened over several nights. Is boring. Is not as good. <laughs> so just the general gist of it, you can do in one sentence. A rich socialite, Ellen Andrews, runs away from her father, attempting to get from Miami to New York. Did you just write this as you spoke? Yeah. She's trying to get from Miami Words to New York. She literally hungry. jumps off a boat. She's trying to get to her, well, kind of her fiancé slash husband. They no, he, they were married. They eloped. The, it, it's still legal. 
Yeah, she it's, let, she she outlines that it's, that it, they are legally a lot of, married. It's yeah, she's twenty one and married, and yet her father is still telling her no. It's a weird situation, but she runs away, <laughs> and really the whole movie is her trying to get from Miami to New York. Should be easy, but she gets her bag stolen early on. She doesn't have a lot of money on her, and well, as a result, her money stolen. She gets that stolen too, and she's now uh, runs into this uh, guy Peter Warren newspaper man kind of down on his luck and he realizes she'll be a big story for him and so it's the two of them trying to get from miami to new york and really that's that's the whole plot in a nutshell but of course along the way this is a one of kate's favorites romantic comedy so what happens oh my gosh what do you mean is okay i i'm a sucker for the genre but it's not my favorite genre but my favorite thing that sold me at the beginning of the movie was they had the most perfect meet cute which if anyone's paying attention to the romantic comedy genre, that's like, you know, they're like awkward. They like bumped into each other and oh, they like fell in love and maybe they didn't like each other right at first, but they grew to love each other because I don't know, whatever. Um, the meet cute was great because he had like he was trying to secure his seat and he was fighting with the, the ticket guy in the bus. And she just kind of like sneaked past while he was being all brazen and like, this is my seat. And then she took his seat and he got cranky about it and was like, that's my seat. And she was like, a bus operator, are these seats reserved? And the bus operator was like, no. And she was like, thank you. And then the, he just like squished into the seat together and it was adorable. But then I think you're forgetting the best part. She goes up to put her bag on. Right as she puts her bag up top, the bus moves, and she falls down oh, onto his right. lap. And he says, why don't you bring your parents next time, too? Oh, my gosh. That's right. I forget. Thanks for dropping in on me. So oh. it's, uh, yeah. And, and that's, that really kind of sums up this whole movie. It seems like especially him, but even even Ellen uh, along the way gets a lot more just zippy one-liners. You know, we all wish we could be so witty day But I am so witty day to day. I would argue you're witty, too. I wish I was as witty as they were in this movie. Like when she <laughs> says to him, boy, is your ego big? And he goes, yes, it is. How's yours? Right? Just just, uh, just to be able to keep the conversation going. Um, so uh, as far as the plot, there's really not a lot of deep meaning or symbolism here. And that's okay. We're, I would say, uh, so I kind of like got real interested in the romantic comedy aspect. And it's li- it's there were romantic comedies, right? Shakespeare wrote them. And they had rom-coms in silent films. But this is the first one in the talkies, in the modern movie genres. And I would argue that you could take almost every element in this movie and plop it in any rom-com throughout the history of cinema and it would hold up it would still be relevant and it still works right oh exactly and you could take this movie and redo it tomorrow and change a few names and change a few circumstances and it would play perfectly fine yeah i agree yeah um so just i guess we'll we'll take you through a couple scenes here and talk a little bit about the characters but uh it's tough when the movie's really good yeah we're really enjoying it this is this and i think that's where we we have started to finally see and it's only been about seven or eight years going from the silent films to now films are trying to figure out what they're supposed to do right we've had films that have shown off gimmicks we've had films that have taken us through history we've had films that have adapted novels uh we've had films that have adapted plays or technologies yeah, and this is the first one that's just like no we're gonna this is a movie we're now gonna tell you an entertaining story and at no point did i nap and at no point did i say damn this is a bad movie it's really well <laughs> cut together so um yeah they it it, it starts off i think it's even though the, the gender roles are certainly out of date, 
Uh, you get the sense yeah. that these are two strong they're characters. They're entrenched, yeah. yeah. But you get the sense, they're not trying to make a statement there. These are two strong characters all the way through. She's she's resisting her father. She's trying to have her own attitude and get her own way. She's clearly spoiled. Clark Gable's character, Peter Warren, clearly trying to put her in her place, but also trying to help out with her. Uh, the first night, they're on the bus. It goes overnight. She falls asleep on his shoulder. It was so romantic. Right. It was a la Jim and Pam in that one episode in season one of The Office. Yeah, they get there the next day. They get off. Nothing much happens there. They get on a second bus. Uh, she decides she's not going to talk to him anymore. She sits by somebody else who talks way too much. So much. And this is where the improv starts. Shapley. Clark Gable bursts in and he says, hey, uh, can I sit next to my wife? And Mr. Shapley, oh, he apologizes. And that night they arrive at the auto park, they call it. Right? Dykes Auto Park. Trailer park, really. They get a hotel for $2 for the night. We looked and it what up. what was the math? What was the math? About $38 today. Dang. So we're looking at a multiplier a of 17. And, but also keep in mind, this is right in the middle of the Great Depression. So I don't know, $32, $2 back then, 30 probably a lot more than that. So they're staying at the, uh, at the auto park, and we see our first kind of, really our only running joke throughout the movie, the right? The walls of Jericho. He yeah. hangs up so to, to make things honest between them and whatnot and appropriate. Um, because they have to stay in one shack, uh, they pretend they're married. So he hangs up a, a, a wire, which he's just traveling with wire, okay, and hangs up a little a little blanket and calls it the wall of Jericho, and that's the, the privacy wall between them, but of course... Yeah, and it's interesting he calls it the Wall of Jericho, which from the biblical story, the walls come tumbling down. And so it's Eventually, clear he yeah. knows these walls might come tumbling down. A little bit of maybe he's a little, little bit of foreshadowing there. And uh he has apparently an extra set of pajamas that he lends her. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. This guy's packing in yeah. his little suitcase. Yeah. They take they, they they go to sleep. They wake up the next day and uh, have an then we have some, breakfast. Excellent breakfast, which yeah, we had a <laughs> small donuts, smaller from? donuts back then. Uh, and then I think we have some of the best improv I've seen, and probably the best improv we will see until April Ludgate and Andrew Dwyer um, as Lady Snakehole and Burke Macklin. <laughs> oh like it's it's instant. What's happening is Janet these. Snakehole. Yeah, right. Janet Snakehole, right? Yeah. Lady Snakehole. Well, no, she's a rich person, right? <laughs> no, she's, she's Miss Hitler. I, I just <laughs> saw she, it the other day. When she becomes Miss Hitler. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they're on the run, and uh, it, these detectives are looking for him. so the detectives come in, and they, they snap into this uh, this couple in this domestic dispute, and oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, she kills it, and that's when, so like, up until that point, I'm looking at Ellen, and I'm like, you are the most annoying stock character that I ever did see, right? Like, it's fine if you're this rich person that doesn't have any, like, real-world sense, but like, I was getting annoyed because she was such a stock character, and when she was able to just throw herself into that improv with precision, man, she gave it all she got and won. I was there for it. My yeah. tune changed. They get out of the jam that way. They get on another bus. On that bus, all of a sudden, Mr. Shapley, the random bus stranger, starts to realize who this woman is. She's this rich heiress on the run. He mm -hmm. sees there is a reward for her. He sees she's by Clark Gable. He he, he tries to uh, secure a deal. And again, Clark Gable, instantly with the improv, he starts talking about how he's in the mob and they've kidnapped this woman and mm -hmm. they're going to get millions of dollars and he runs off. And now, now suddenly he realizes both Peter and Ellen, they can't be on the bus anymore they're two scenes so they head off into the world mm -hmm. and this sets up uh sort of a 
second act of the film, right? You've got the sleeping in the hay. The falling in love part. Right. And you've got the famous hitchhiking scene. Well, you're missing the like cute when they like build the hay the hay bed. Well, I actually forgot one other thing. Right before the bus stop, they're singing on the bus. They're I thought that a good that was time. an interesting surprise. We I have, felt very cozy. It was like a mini musical. We have the entire bus singing along with uh, floats through the air with the greatest of ease. Dan knew all the daring the words. young man on the flying trapeze. Sang them. Not only did I While know them, but everybody it. on the bus knew them too. They did. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have that quite so much anymore. <laughs> what random strangers on a bus bursting All out into the song same song together? Yeah. I would agree. It's rare that a bunch of strangers can become friends like that. Yeah, unless and yeah, unless you're at a high school dance and everyone starts singing Mo Bamba. I haven't been to a high school. That dance happens either, sometimes. So. Good to know. Yeah. Um. So let's move it. Move it along here. Um. So the hitchhiking scene is. <laughs> it's that one scene that you probably have heard of or seen the image of at least in a montage of Everyone's films great it's even leg. if you've never seen the film clark gable's trying to hitchhike and then doesn't work he has three three different moves he's for very it. good with his thumb that's what he says but it doesn't work but like they aren't that good like he's very dramatic showing like the three different ways you could like use your thumb to hitchhike and he was very dramatic but his thumb actually wasn't really involved like it was I don't know. Of, I disagree. A lot of arm motion. But the thing yeah. is, again, with that dialogue, it's very quick. And he says, let me try one. Let me try two. When, and she says, when you try a hundred, let me know and wake me up. Yeah. Right? Just a lot of back and forth. And finally, she Ellen pulls steps out the in. leg. Yeah. Pulls out the leg. Almost like Betty Boop. Right? It is. And I mean, the good feminist in me has a lot of con conflicting feelings because why should women be objectifying themselves in order to get help? But at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, if that's what's going to work and it's no harm to you, let's use the leg. Yeah. And it's also meant to be ridiculous. Even, I know. Even in this movie. I'm aware. Meant to be a little silly. But this brings up a very important point. This is the last movie that they can get away with something like that. Why is that, Dan? Well, we've been hearing and reading about these films so far and they've all been called pre-code pre-code is obsessed has said it has said the word pre-code like 18 times today what is this code oh my gosh tell us more about the code dan i really don't know but we had to look it up but apparently dan looked it up we have I our rating didn't. system today and the rating system has evolved over time but prior to the rating system as talkies were introduced uh we kind of had to figure out what was allowed in movies and what was not and in 1930 they pitched we this, as a society yeah they pitched this motion picture code and it took a while to get ratified. But mm -hmm. it's finally in place after this movie. This movie I read came out four months before the code. Oh, hot dang. Yeah. And so that's why we've been seeing a lot of things so far in the movies that have been surprising. Yeah, like Clark Gable got undressed almost to his knickers and right in front of her. And then they cut away just as he's about to unbutton his pants. And we literally had nudity back in Wings. We had basically right. prostitution uh, in Grand Hotel. It was very surprising, yeah. Right. After the code, I mean, we're not going to go through the entire list, but basically um, from... 1935 at, at least until the 50s lots of really really strict rules um, you couldn't kiss for more than three seconds you couldn't have anything in there that implied that uh, you couldn't even say god or any variation of that you couldn't Yahweh. have any adultery in there you couldn't have any it was a strict basically strict adherence to conservative orthodox catholic tradition going forward so to okay, have christian Christian. It said Catholic on the thing. Wait, seriously? That's, yeah, that was one of the oh, influences. But you the could, you couldn't. Ruining one, more. Of, one of the thing, what well, you could not uh, insult members of the clergy or portray them in, <laughs> in, in 
indecent way. So even in the scene to have these two unmarried people together in a room, and even oh though there's gosh. the wall between them, the wall of Derek wouldn't have been able to do that. Wouldn't have been able to imply anything there. Oh wow! And in fact, there um, was so much innuendo in this movie. A lot of films will look ahead. Uh, a lot of films had to change their premises based on the code. Uh, oh. Casablanca being a big one, it used to be really? a lot more scandalous by by contemporary standards. Um, but they had to change it to fit the code. So this is the last one. They could kind of get away with whatever they wanted. And then they won all the things. They won all the awards. Because you know what, kids? Sex sells. Yeah. Just like, and it'll get you a ride in the car. It will get you that car A lot ride. of rides. All right. Oh. So, anyway, so going forward, things move a little bit quickly. Uh, they, they have to. A little bit quickly. It turns out that the guy that picked them up in the car is actually a thief. He tried to like steal oh their gosh. stuff. No, this man, I made a note about this man because I loved him. He sang everything and he sang outrageously. Like he was singing. Oh, I'm Young people think. in love are seldom hungry. A song he just made up and a song Young with no people. tune. But like I'm trying to think of, there's a character that I know and I can't think of it right now, but he, uh, uh, it's going to come to me after we're done recording. But yes, the man would just make up songs about everything. He also reminds me of Marshall from How I Met Your Mother and he just sings about what he's doing. Andy Dwyer sings about what he's doing. Andy Dwyer. Yeah, he's, yes. he's the singing about what he's doing. So this is just part of Kind of guy. Yeah. And he picks Pretty him up. Good. Turns out he's a thief. Clark Gable somehow chases down a car on foot, beats the guy up, <laughs> Ties steals his car, drives it back. <laughs> and he just has a little cut, just the littlest of cuts. They stop at another hotel later that night. We finally get the big reveal. Ellen is in love with Peter, she asks. And this is where you get your classic. She's super dramatic about it, too. She's like weepy and literally threw herself at him. They got the zoom in, uh, soft focus. Like physically threw herself on him. And yeah. he even hugged her a little bit. He snuggled her and then told her to go back to bed. And this is where we get the classic misunderstanding that happens in every romantic comedy. Why can't they just work out? Aww. Two things happen at the same time. At the one hand, Peter rushes to the newspaper. He drives from Philadelphia to New York. No one has to actually like watch this movie. He Where's tries he to get some money. Job? He wants to go back and actually marry her. And he writes up a story about how he has married her. But Kate, what happens in the meantime? Oh, in the meantime, the uh, innkeeper's wife gets up to drink some milk magnesia, from what I understand. So an upset stomach really ruins this whole thing. She wakes up her husband and is like, I told you you're too nice. Like, that guy skipped out and he took his car. And he, you know, he cheated you out of money. And he's like, well, what can... And I, as we're watching, I said, what can what can they do about it? And he goes, what can we do about it? Well, the wife was like, we're going to go check in on this. So they bust into the room. They find Ellen laying in bed. And they're like, where's your husband? And she's like, he's not here. So she's weeping. They kick her out on the street. They tell her to go to the sheriff's office. She doesn't know where he is. He's in New York trying to like get enough money to propose to her. And uh, she so calls So she her thinks dad. he's abandoned her. Yeah. So she calls her father. Meanwhile, Peter returns. He sees that she's gone and she's being escorted out by her father. He assumes that she has abandoned him. So they both are very upset at each other for abandoning each other. But of course... Just a series of misunderstandings. Just misunderstandings. Modern day, we'd have a montage right here, right? And cell phones to text. Sure, but you'd have the characters sitting and being sad and you know, music oh, playing in the yeah. background. There would be lots of she'd that. be getting ready for her wedding looking sad. Well and that kind of happened. I bit. mean, you see like the newspapers flash that King Wesley's gonna fly in on an auto gyro and that she's getting married and love is triumphant and like the montage is through paper headlines. I'm glad you mentioned that actually, because one thing I did think about watching this movie, you know, a lot of people like to talk about today how Oh, kids on their phones and how we don't pay attention to real news and how news media 
media is kind of silly. Uh, apparently, that's been a thing forever. All right, <laughs> because literally on the front page of the New, not the you know the fake New York Times in this movie, uh, it's every single day. It's rich person is uh, somewhere. Rich person does thing, <laughs> which is front, nothing different than page. now. Hasn't changed at all. Uh, worse than the Kardashians. Worse than the royal family. It's listen. Don't say anything about the Kardashians. Just as bad. Big or, fan. You know what I mean. Yeah. Any any. <laughs> Nothing. Anyway, if you have your guilty pleasures today, it's nothing new, right? It's the same thing. Um, So they should just be pleasures. And yes, and so this film wraps up uh, in the way that all romantic comedies do. Deus ex machina, right? She's at the wedding, ready to go. And this scene was actually lifted from this movie and put into Spaceballs. Which I haven't seen Spaceballs in its entirety. And Dan's like, this is from Spaceballs. And I was like, or Spaceballs took it from this. It's the exact same thing. She's walking down the aisle. Her father says that, he. oh, I talked to Peter. She says, oh, did he come to collect his $10,000 reward? Her father says, nope. He just wanted $39.60 to cover expenses. He loves you. And suddenly she gets to the aisle and... Well, the dad's like, he loves you. Also, you don't have to marry King. Also, you'll be much better off with Peter. Also, I have a getaway car out back for you. So why don't you just take it? Boom. Her father's totally Dad, what a sort of dad. Yeah. And he's been more or less the antagonist the whole time. And suddenly he's he's on our side too. I was so pro. I was just taken aback by this scene with her dad because I think it was just so much. Um, it was just a beautiful scene of a dad, one, coming around, but a dad truly knowing his kid and letting her know it's okay to take that big of a risk. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. And uh, and that's pretty much it. They they get together. They go off on their honeymoon. And finally, those walls of Jericho came tumbling come, down. Come tumbling down. That's, and, that's the last shot. And they had the innkeeper at the hotel go buy them a trumpet, like a toy trumpet for them to play with, like it was a toy. They blow the trumpet and, well, <laughs> the lights go off. And that's the end of the film. Something you couldn't do after the code. Or now. I you guess could, you could you do, could do it do now. Yeah. They, they have rated R movies now. Oh. Can do you can do that stuff, but anyway, anyway, sorry, I'm still giggling. No, so that's the film. It happened one night, not uh, or for us, it happened this afternoon. Oh, not a lot of deep meaning here, but that's okay. I'm fine without the deep meaning. Not a lot of uh, debatable issues here. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of representative of the 30s. You had a lot of poor people on the bus. You had sc- yeah. scrimping for it, dollars. It touched in reality for like a for minute, like seconds. Yeah, it would but, touch in but reality. But really, the film holds up so well because the dialogue is witty. It's it's easy enough to follow. Uh, the it tropes are all the same. It doesn't have to be in same. any time period, right? right? Like it, it could be anything. So that, I think that leads us to what are, where do we put this movie? I was having so much fun with this movie. And I think I was having fun talking about this movie. Wait, did we need to talk about anything else? I had looked up so many so many facts. I don't think so. Did we hit all of our facts? I think we got most of them in there. This is what happens when you don't We had count. a little bit of background on the film. Just, you know, actors not agreeing oh, with each other. Oh, there's, there's a Frank Capra. Frank Capra. This is a Frank Capra movie. How have we not talked about that? Well, because this is the first one. This is his first movie? No, I don't know about that, but it's his first big one. What else did Frank Capra make? Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Mm -hmm. It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. He's a great American director. Did he do uh, Can't Take It With You? That sounds like a, yeah, that's a... We'll find out. Capra-esque. He's beginning the Capra-esque quality. In my mind, Frank Capra is equivalent to Gary Marshall. He gives us things that make us happy, and he does so very well. The screenwriter for this did 
uh, it, it, you can't take it with you as well. So oh, we're going to see a little bit more of that. probably came back together, yeah. Back and forth. For sure. But yeah, I think this is kind of one of those movies we've been looking for. It's It I doesn't, know. it doesn't, uh, you know, it's not an epic, but that's okay. And it, it wasn't, isn't all that controversial, but that's okay. It was enjoyable to watch. It made you giggle. It made you ask questions. Kate, I think I'm going to put it in the top 10. No. I think I'm going to put it at number 10. I was going to put it at number 12. Mm. Number 12. So we got to average it out to 11. 11. So for now, it happened one night. Is that 11? Is number and 11. And hopefully as we move forward, I would like an interactive board where like we'll have our running list, but also people could like contribute. Absolutely. And offer what their ratings should be. And these ratings will shift and have shifted because we've only seen a few. I mean, already we moved cavalcade to the bottom slot that broadway <laughs> melody had operated so bad. i've like forgotten about it i've blacked it out i don't even know what it's about but no i think it's important we need to have some good black and white short concise movies in yeah. the top 10 because not every movie has to be lawrence okay. of arabia gone with the wind oh my god Godfather, right lawrence got, of arabia gotta have some little stuff in there god too bless it all um okay all right yeah no i'm fine with that i understand it'll shift i'm sure yes but we're not out of the black and white area yet, Dan. No. You don't know what'll happen for we us. We are not even out of the Clark Gable back-to-back best picture wins. He's What's the lead in the next one. one. Mutiny What's on the Bounty. Mutiny on the Bounty. The guy that did um, the directed Cavalcade directed Mutiny on the Bounty. Oh what boy. was his name? I don't know. Forgettable. But he did a better job at that one. That's the only thing <laughs> I remember because it's an actual story. I can't wait. Well, folks, thanks for joining us this episode on Cinema Cemetery. Music by Chaz Hearn. I'm Dan. And I'm Kate. And we'll see you next time. From now on, I'll go my own way.